0: Welcome to the Win All Day Every Day podcast, presented by Prairie Hockey Academy. Uh, Justin, Happy New Year! It's unbelievable that we're at this point of the year already and uh, ready to kick off a great 2024.
1: Yeah, Happy New Year, Barrett. It's been a great Christmas season, and I mean, here we are again with a with a fantastic guest to kick off our New Year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you uh, got to over the Christmas holidays, but I had a great opportunity to take my family. Went to see my dad in Madison Hat and. Uh, over yeah. the Rocky Mountains to see my mom in Casalar, and cigar and, uh, and then zip back and flew my son back to <laughs> Vancouver, and and it just feels like uh, been on the road, been uh, making yeah, the miles well, this
1: Christmas. Well, here. when all your kids are at your house, you get to travel and see them. Mine, <laughs> yeah. mine are at home, so we still do you know the Christmas morning there, and um, we changed things up a bit. We didn't do our traditional, whether it's North American or not traditional, but the turkey Christmas. We actually did a prime rib, in it, and uh-huh. um, I'm not certain I'm going back to turkey. Okay, so, there you go. <laughs>
0: Well, we're we're really deep into the uh, you know the uh, the seasons of our podcast, and uh, we had some great episodes over the Christmas holidays. Even though our our athletes took some breaks and and scattered uh, in the middle of December uh, to go and spend time with their families, and and everyone's getting ready to to come back and and get ready for the 2024 uh, push towards the playoffs and whatnot. Um, but we haven't taken any breaks from the podcast, and we've had these great uh, episodes, uh, like I said, all throughout December. And, and today we're very fortunate to have with us um, a guest from from overseas um, but doesn't mean that his his impact uh, is over mm-hmm. there only he's uh, he's a, an individual a gentleman that's worked 16 years in the high performance coaching industry um, he is the founder of men behind sport he's worked with f1 he's worked with the Olympics so you know three different Olympic years in 12 uh, 16 and 18. English Institute, sport—the list goes on and on—and uh, and he's even launching today his own podcast as well. So, right. yeah, uh, we're really thankful to have you on the show today, Richard. Uh, our our guest uh, with us today is Mr. Richard Husseini. Thank you for coming on.
2: Happy New Year, and thank you so much for having me on. It's a it's a pleasure, and I'm excited to to chat with you.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for you know, like you said, the, the impact that you've had in in sport. Justin and I are both. Coming at it from, you know, uh, Justin as a founder within sport and spent lots of time coaching and myself, you know, as a high performance coach for the last 30 years. So I'm really intrigued to have you on board because a lot of stuff I'm sure that we're going to talk about probably I, I needed to hear about 20 years ago myself. Uh, so looking forward to, to hearing some of your comments and and uh, just some of your journey through sport as well.
2: Yeah, like uh, like I said, I start kind of as an open book so we can we can go any way you want. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Richard. I think, you know, one, one piece, uh, you know, for, for our listeners here on the podcast, and that is that uh, at the win all day, every day podcast, we're oftentimes talking about just, you know, concepts inside a sports uh, that can help our high performance athletes out that can help families that uh, lead these high performance athletes and then, and then coaches as well. And, and at the same time, we're, we're, we're starting to really dig into, you know, some of the mental health wellness, sorry, mental health, and and working on like how can we be more upstream, right? When we talk about win all day, every day, we're not talking about. Uh, I t- stole this from your website. This idea of better never stops, but but actually, what are the practices that we can use every single day in our uh, in our habits? You know, starting a new year in January, so our, our daily habits, our our disciplines, um, our our maybe it's our approach to our eating habits or anything to. Win all day, every day. And I think winning all day, every day really also consists of being present, uh, showing up uh, where you need to show up for your family or for your teammates or those you lead. And so I think that's where where we intersect with you. You know, coming across some of your work on men behind sport um, just really resonated with me. And maybe tell us a little bit about men behind sport. What's its purpose? Uh, Who is Richard and why do you exist and what gives you passion every day?
2: I suppose, yeah, to start, before Men Behind Sport, I, I was a strength and conditioning coach by trade. And so, like, you know, grateful to work with the the organizations and teams I did uh, in England and in China. Uh, and up until, you know, up until 2014, I was laser focused on my career. And, and all I mean by that is nothing else mattered around outside of my life. Like my my life was work. I was a strength and conditioning coach. It was me. That like, was a massive part of my identity was my identity I, it was and so the the validation i got or the boost to my ego i got when i said i work for these teams or these athletes or whatever it was and so the transformational moment in my life came at the end of 2014 so i was working in china at the time i could say with exos and um my mum was diagnosed with terminal cancer and so i left china and came back home to to give my mum end-of-life care and as sad as that is of course it was has been the most transformational probably the one of the top you know a couple of transformational experiences of my life and really what what that did for me really is gave me a massive spiritual awareness and all i mean by that on a, on a fundamental level is just awareness of self why do i think this why do i do that kind of just really started to drive me inwards into myself to, to begin to question what am i doing here you know really like when uh, you know i, I it was a privilege to be at the end of life uh, for my mom, and also my dad. My dad died at sixteen when I was sixteen, because it really showed me, like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to die one day." What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Sorry, and um, I don't have those answers, but it's just put me on this the, the question, and and so what it re- really showed me was, for the first time, I could see I had a very very low self worth, um, and I could I could boost myself a little bit with the jobs or the teams, like I said before, and. You know, and drove kind of really quite negative patterns in myself, and which I couldn't see before. I couldn't see. I thought I was dedicated to my job. Example would be also my training, the way I used to train myself. i drive myself into the ground. Like, I I knew better. I knew better, but I, I didn't take my own advice. And I broke, like, ended up. So my mom died in 2015. In 2017, I was told that my body had an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's, and I had half my thigh removed out of my body. And then I was told I'd be on medication for the rest of my life, And which side note, I've healed that on my own and I'm not on medication anymore. And that's a different discussion, I suppose. But um, kind of this process of really breaking down, breaking down physically, breaking down emotionally, and, and also just breaking who I thought I was. And so I I was not interested in looking at, at, at research anymore, like performance research. I was not interested in working in. It seems so just not human the human side of sport it just wasn't there and and I, I can I couldn't see that before and it, it just wasn't resonating me at all and and so I left coaching in 2018 after the Pyeongchang Olympics and I was let go actually which um, was a massive dent in where you go again uh however it was it was such an amazing thing and, and, I, and I didn't think I'd venture into sport again Obviously, over the years and I was working in, these, in this type of space but not in sport and um only at the end of 2021, I started to reach out to some old colleagues and old friends and then reach out to further a few people I didn't know. And, and it turned to this research project that I'm not an academic. This is not a PhD. This is not kind of funded by anyone. It's just off my own back. And it turns out I've had 160 conversations now with male practitioners and coaches from all domains, so from head coach, performance directors, physiologists, SNC coaches, uh, physical therapists like the whole lot um from around the world from england and all different organizations teams sports 17 different sports 11 countries and it just blown me away to hear the stories of many of these people who are very su- subjectively or successful in in their career so they've got the titles they're leading with a, a, a department there they support athletes to reach certain medals or championships and and yet there's this deep unhappiness within them uh either they're they're not fulfilled by what they do a common statement i've heard and this is paraphrased of course but a common statement would be i've supported athletes to reach olympic success or championship success and i've waited this emotional rush to hit and it hasn't come why i thought this is i do this is i thought this is why we do what we do and it's it's put many coaches on this spiral of like well what am i doing why am i doing this what's what's going on and Solely focus on the objective measures of success—the shiny things, the medals, the accolades, the presentations, the the medals—and and I'm not disregarding that. That's 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 part of it. But very few are connected to what drives them internally, and then really that's the that's the basis to men behind sport. That's where men behind sports come from—to really support practitioners to stop developing athletes at the expense of themselves, to find a way to create some form of harmony within their between their life and their career. Yeah. I don't I think balance is a misleading term. I don't believe it's a perfect balance because there are there's a there's this undulating kind of, you know, like different competitions, tournaments, times of phases of season, for example. But it's this like, okay, how can I course correct? I need to come back over this way, rather than just being so over devoted into the the, the sport that it's just it's catastrophic to their health, their relationships, their whatever it is, you know. And it's really um that's really the basis to men behind sport.
1: Yeah that's really good and i think you know even like you said it's there's these seasons right tournaments and and, and events and that where where there there won't be that balance cuz you're you know you're you might be competing 12 hours in that day never mind your preparation and everything and your your post game and but i find sometimes when we come down from that as a coach uh, or we come home from that we don't come down from that so we're at home and we're looking to find a way to keep ourselves busy still Almost, because we we feel like we need to be starting now to prepare for that next competition, right. um, even while we're at home. Uh, and I think that's that where that we have to tilt that back and go, okay, I'm in a way, how do I connect here? Right.
2: Yes, yeah, and you, you know, it's interesting you say that. You know, we don't come down. One of the one of the common things that, that's come through from from my research process has been, you know, many can't be present. You know, uh, again, another statement that stood out to me was, even when I'm home, I'm not home with them. Yeah. And whether that's, like you said, always thinking about what's next, whether it's the stage of cycle season, um, whether it's their own personal development, what role they're going to get next. Um, and also, you know, even when success, you know, uh, in the terms of forms of winning the, you know, the, or promotion or whatever it is, very few can actually enjoy that. They're always like, well, oh, there's pressure on now, right? I need to maintain this, so I need to do better. or I need to like, rather than just enjoying, wow, we've done this. This is great, and and yeah, it's just it's, it's a it's a deep deep. There's a, there's a lot of stuff there.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I maybe I'll just relay a quick story and then ask you some some advice out of it. But um, a few years a few years ago, I was coaching at Trinity Western University, and we had the opportunity to to compete in a few championships. Uh, one year we, we lost uh, the final game of the championship with 7.2 seconds on the clock. Uh, and it was devastating. I remember sitting in the hallway crying um, and just being so focused from that moment on to be how can we be 7.2 seconds better? And then the next year we actually won. We dominated in the championship. I think we won the final game like 8-2. to two, And I couldn't honestly enjoy the moment and I even in my post-game celebratory talk with my players said, fellas, enjoy this game tonight or enjoy this celebration tonight because tomorrow we're defending champions. And we've got to figure out how to defend this. Like I couldn't even enjoy the moment. It was ridiculous <laughs> yeah. that, you know, here, like for, for 24 months, I was on like 10 out of like 10 in terms of just being so driven and focused that everything else around me was like a, a casualty. And, uh. Yeah. And so my question to you is you've worked with and talked to, you know, with athletes and coaches in 11 different countries and multiple different sports. We're seeing it here in hockey in North America. Coaches are having that same misguidance and they're crumbling. They're they're crumbling under the pressure to the point where they're just getting kicked out of the game for being idiots. Um, are you seeing the same thing over in Europe and, and to the, the outside of hockey, the teams and, and sports that you've talked to?
2: I mean, now my focus, I guess another key thing to my men behind sport, my focus is is now not athlete facing at all. It's all coach and practitioner facing. So what I do see is exactly that, you know, many coaches are, are achieving, but there's such pressure to keep that going. Um and I think one of the one of the driving factors of that, you know, there's no arguing that sport is a funded is a results driven it's just results driven it is which is underpinned by money of course mm-hmm. and so you know if teams or sports or athletes fail there is usually a, a cut in funding if it's a olympic type of sport or there's a change of staff which then sits underneath that this insecurity mm-hmm. of of livelihood you know that's what we're talking about a livelihood of earning and I know that we can relate that to identity. We can relate that to lots of different things as well, which are key drivers from what I see, anyway. But like, there's that, there's that, yeah. Like, I need to keep this job because that's feeding my family, or or that's my, that's keeping my um, roof over my head. And so there, you know, that that's the sticky place to be. And there's no, there's, there's no doubt about it. And from what I'm seeing, I guess the trend that you can see there, it's not not just what I've done, but you look in if you look at professional soccer, so you know uh i guess an example i like to use is is either Ma- uh, alex ferguson do you know alex ferguson yes yeah. very very famous soccer football manager in in europe um yeah. scottish who i think was in manchester united 16 years and so when he took over manchester united they're not doing very well they continued to not do very well and then but he was building it was part of a bigger vision a bigger bigger vision of what was happening here and and you know but he had the leeway or the the space to make mistakes and to not win all the time because that's just part of the process whereas now what it seems like certainly soccer there's such a small window of impact and success so for example as uh, a who is doing wonderful work in this space in soccer and something different to hockey but the idea that a new manager will come in will have around about six games to make an impact if they don't make that impact then the stats are saying that they're going to be let go so then where is the space to to have this creative kind of value-driven culture because it's so small, narrow-minded that um, I think ties into what you're saying. You know, I can't enjoy the win because, well, I we'll have to keep winning because otherwise I'll lose my job. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Gino, um, I'm trying to remember his last name now. He, I think he's the head coach of uh, University of Connecticut women's basketball, NCAA Division I. I believe the U.S. Olympic team as well, uh, women's basketball team. And like very decorated, wins national championships all the time. He was interviewed in this event a few years back and he had just won another national championship. And they were talking about exactly this, this internal strife. And he said, how did you feel after winning? Relieved. I didn't feel any joy, just relief.
2: Right.
1: Right. And I think this is part of it is, is how do we, you know, how do we get the, you know, continue to keep the love in the game. I mean, we're talking about a game, and it's a sport that that as as young men we we grew to love and and um, we wanted to pursue it and have this opportunity to keep the camaraderie of, of that team and environment and be involved as coaches or practitioners to because we want to be a part of that team. Um, and there's a lot of writing out there, right? Ryan Holiday, the ego is the enemy, uh, things there's lots of writing about this stuff, about our ego, about self-awareness, about how we need to, but the writing doesn't do the hard work that's required. Wow. And, uh, and that hard work can be pretty scary. And Richard, I think you've done a lot of that and, and you continue to um, with, uh, with your men behind sport with others. And I think a lot of that's reflection based, right? Maybe talk about that. Like what okay. we've got, we've got a lot of young coaches you know, we have about 15 coaches that work with us at Prairie Hockey Academy, but there's a lot of young coaches on our listen uh, that are listeners as well. And, you know what's some basic things they can start doing to do some of that hard work.
2: I mean, that's a great question, and and it's uh, you know, like it, that discomfort you're talking about. You know, I, I think first of all, I can tell you my experience. I said, I said about the training. You know, like so. Uh, on one hand, how do you numb yourself? You now we all numb ourselves: social media, drinking, partying whatever like whatever activity training for me it was drinking uh which is culturally accepted by the way isn't it you know kind of going and get some beers get have too many beers and it's almost seen as a badge of honor to go and just get get yeah. wasted right um but a more insidious one for me was training uh i couldn't see it i couldn't see that i was using my exercise to numb myself it was a uh only after reflection and and i had this space afterwards I could see this period of, of this time after I trained and I buried myself in some ridiculous session I did. Like I, I had this space of like of silence, of peace, inner peace, but then the inner voice would start again. And I suppose the first place I would start and direct people is really, I guess the, the process I guide people through is, is three phases. So the first one, how do you show up? How are you being? What's going on for you? What's your behaviors? What are your actions? What's driving those you know like just to be aware of like oh i'll make that decision again because you know you, you said like it's one thing to read it in a book it's one thing to to read all these wonderful bits of wisdom out there but the or knowledge but to turn it into wisdom requires you to act on it and to bring it into your life in a way that that resonates with you don't, you, know, you know i think taking information and using a way that really works for you is important and at the same time, at some point you've got to start somewhere and it's just about being comfortable, being dis- uncomfortable. You know, my example of exercising or over-exercising, it was about feeling that desire to go and train and not train, sitting with it. That's kind of the base level. That's where I started. And that just opened a door to a, a layer upon layer of different awareness of, of, you know, there's so many things we're blind to. Until you look for them, they'll they remain blind. And it's a mm-hmm. challenging process and, but I think that yeah, how do you show up? So the idea components would be self-regulation. How do you regulate yourself? When you feel your emotions, which are you know healthy, anger is a very healthy emotion. I bring up anger because I think as men in general, yeah. we have generally speaking, we have two emotions that are that are kind of celebrated. We have aggression, especially in sport, aggression and you know physicality explosive anger which comes out when we repress it or there's banter and so an english term maybe which is you know joking around kind of that type of stuff and so but we all feel shame fear uh sadness grief kind of all the all the emotion we have this uh, joy love you know like gratitude we all feel all these emotions but but they're so this is not fault and this is one of the key things that stood out from from my conversations is many men generally speaking, are are emotionally unskilled. And I classed myself in that as well years ago. Just the idea of we aren't used to expressing how we feel. And so, you know, that might show up then. So self-regulation is, do you explode? Do you react, overreact to things? Is there, you know, the the idea of like, oh, the straw that broke the camel's back, some small thing invokes this huge reaction. Like to me, bring, bring that to, like, be aware of that and just be curious about that your thinking process you know so much we humans are wonderful and we also story we make up stories all the time so much is based on assumption how can you get clear with that an example would be we've all sent that text message or WhatsApp message and we've seen the double ticks Bluetooth ticks and they've read it oh but they haven't got back to me why haven't they got back to me they've been rude they don't they don't think they think I've said something wrong. You know, they don't like me. They're just ignoring me. They can't be bothered. You know, like the story, the soul story. It's that's not true. What we do know for sure is they've read it and they haven't got back to me yet. And that's just giving a silly example of the storytelling that we tell ourselves. And I think you know, like, just yeah, like how are you taking personal responsibility for your your reality? So again, another example for me would be I. I was someone that used to kind of like in the departments I used to work in, oh, we haven't got this equipment, the environment's like this, the athletes do this, kind of external blaming. And in my personal relationships as well, oh, she does this. Oh, why can't I meet someone that doesn't do that? And I meet someone else, blah, blah, blah. And it was this realization, uh, all these dots lined up, and it was uh, looking at me like, I'm I'm the fixed variable here. No, everyone else is different. I'm, I'm the same. Like, oh, no. That means I have to look at my like it was just like Oh, so I guess I should look at myself now and then and that's what I mean by taking personal responsibility like yeah how yeah just give you an example and um kind of we could leave it there I guess the second level is you're in a compass and so you know or the key question to how you show up is what do I think the second level you're in a compass the key question is what do I want so getting clear on values your needs your wants you know uh your belief systems it's one thing to be clear on values and and not in my experience not many are really clear on their values but then once you're clear on your values how aligned are you to those values you know are you living to those values or is there part of the environment that is asking you or you don't feel confident to live authentically to those values and so that that is where people get on come and stuck a lot and and the idea of certainly in coaches you know the environments are very often requiring them to live outside of alignment with their values which causes a whole drive a whole other issues you know um, frustration unfulfillment resentment you know um which obviously comes into boundaries you know how do we set our boundaries are we are we okay at conflict and you know any in my experience and it would be great to hear what you think but like Performance and achieving great things requires the moving parts of people in a department to have differing opinions sometimes. And that's that's a positive. But many of us don't know how to have that conflict in a healthy way. We take it personally rather than, oh, I don't agree with what you're saying there. You know, how can we how can we work together to create a solution for the good of all? Um, and that's a skill, you know. But I was never taught that at school. Um, and I think that comes down to uh, you know, what, what was modeled to us as younger and not that I, I, you know, my parents were doing the best they could with what they had. And and that's the way it is. And, and it's just, how can we navigate away from that? That's kind of how I see it now anyway. And then the third level is you're in a freedom. So what do I commit to kind of a in with, with values and alignment to those values, but your purpose, your vision, right. you know, kind of a, and for me, that comes into more of a, a spiritual side, you know, like I'm, I'm so much more than a, a coach. I'm not that's part of who I am. And and in fact, we're talking about identity and purpose. I used to think my purpose was to be a strength and conditioning coach in Olympic sport. To me now I see purpose as it's it, it, it is my my job is a, a vehicle for me to fulfill my purpose. It's not my purpose. So just yeah, just give you mm-hmm. that's how I think yeah, about powerful. it anyway. There's
0: yeah. there's so much there to unpack. We could probably on each of those three points, we could probably uh, have a, a separate episode on it. So, um, you know, like I'd said earlier, we we over here in North America, we've seen lots of coaches in multiple sports sort of get lost on that journey, right? They're, whether it's just not having alignment with their values, or they just lost focus, or in in reality, it's at the end of the day, they just don't have an identity. Their true identity, their identity is. I'm the head coach of this team. And so yeah. this team traditionally wins. And so I've, I've got to win, so that's that's who I am. Um, but then it blows up because they're not aligned to their values and yeah. they, they have nothing to back that up. And so I know that we've seen that. I've, I've journeyed that in my own life. Uh, from your experience and, and the work that you're doing with men behind sport, some advice that you might sort of drip on to coaches, young coaches, old coaches, male, female, um, that helps them turn that page and, and like how do they hit the reset button? You know, when you're playing, you know, some some game like a NHL on, on Xbox or whatever, and you have a bad game, you can just hit the reset button. From your experience in, in the work that you've done in sport, um, how can a coach hit the reset button and find their real identity and build from there?
2: Yeah, I mean there's no there's some untangling to do, yeah. you know, and and yeah. it see it as a process. It's not a quick switch. And I would say, you know, on one level, how you show up. So, you know, the lowest hanging fruit we have control over is our physiology. Mm-hmm. You know, our emotions. Are we, you know, uh, we feel all this without awareness in what's going on with us in that moment. We could, our actions to be guided by that that whatever's coming through us. And that's not bad, but just to be aware in the moment. Like if you're overwhelmed with a sense of whatever it is, can you sit there? Can you regulate, uh, you know, a simple meditation? You know, I'm worried to say the word meditation. Ah, breath work. I think you talked about Andrew Huberman in in another one. I I read some of your stuff. Yeah, right. Just like, that's the lowest hanging fruit. Like, you know, like begin to change the way you breathe, slower, deeper, through your nose, like just simple couple of breaths. Like see how that changes things for you. Feel, breathe fully like that's so that's where you start in my experience anyway like begin to get some control in the chaos that's within your inner Mm -hmm. environment second thing you know when you start to look at identity and you know i'm not a psychologist um i've i've spoken to lots of psychologists within my network um, and psychotherapists within my like friends and, and and former colleagues and you know one to make sure that i'm staying within my tracks of what i'm doing but two to get their perspective and and insight and um for me, the best way I understand identity now is is really looking at okay, what's turn them into stories in, in a way like well, for me, you know, a story was what well, if I don't work in sport, I won't be considered successful. For example, you could take that, then that's a story. That's a story I was telling myself. There's no basis to that truth whatsoever. It was just for what I was using to to make myself feel better. In a way, you know. Uh, coach, the people that love you do not care what you do. They care that you're happy, healthy, mm-hmm. and and present. You know, like that. That's literally it. They don't care. um they, they care that you're that you're enjoying it. But they don't. They don't. That doesn't. That isn't why someone's a partner or married to you. That isn't why your your child will not look at you any better if you're doing something else. As long as you're, I think, you know, you, you touched on it. Embodiment. You're doing whatever you're doing with full presence and full integrity. That's what stands out to, to me now, anyway, about the people that inspire me. It's not what they do. It's so you could be leading a massive organization, you could be cleaning the streets. If you're doing that with full integrity and, and presence in that moment, that is that to me stands out a whole mile. It's mm-hmm. not the words we say, it's the actions that we do. And so looking at that story, the stories we put around us, you know, like another one would be um, I'm only successful if I'm working with winning teams. You know, again, like what what is winning? There's so, so many variables that contribute to winning and losing that are outside of our, you know, you could do, and so focus on the process, a cliche to say that, but have you done everything within your capability to turn up on the day to be your best version? And that also includes rest. That also includes kind of recovery, you know, optimizing that in the most optimal way, sometimes I mean doing less. Yeah. But I would say, you know, once the process, if you've done that, then then it's just, okay, just enjoy the game and enjoy the result. And I think looking at really like, uh, there are two questions to this. They're twins. So what is success? Defining what is success? It was it, Like I said, that, that, that paraphrase, it's easy to gauge sex, success on, on wins, on medals, on tournament wins, whatever. But what are your your personal inner drivers to success? I can tell you from... For me, the conversation I've had is based on connection. It's based on relationships. It's based on belonging in a, in, in a, in a department. And so that's going to be very individual, but I would I would really drive people to, well, what is your measure of success? Why is that measure of success? And then the twin of that is for well, what is sacrifice. So what are you willing to sacrifice? Now, sport does require sacrifice. And what I mean by that is, most sports are played at the weekend or evenings. So, social events, you know, we, we, if you're working in professional sport, there's you will be working when most people are off. That's just the nature of it. And so, I can accept that sacrifice is around tournaments, is around major competitions, is around training camps. That's just the nature of it. You're away from home, you're working longer hours, but then you come back to a normal rhythm of working. Com- compare that to what many stories I've heard is the idea that someone feels like they need to be in first in last out, that it's a 24 seven mentality. And I would begin, like, I would look at that, you know, in extreme cases, I know a couple of coaches who have questioned their, or or their, they feel that, that, that skewed dedication, which skewed loyalty has cost them the idea of children cost them their marriage That's cost them being a parent, present parent. It's too late you when know? the kids are 10, 11, because they're all the bonnie, you know? And so, yeah, what is success? What is sacrifice? And the last thing I'll say on that, if I can remember, it just gone out my head is how do you recognize that you're, you're too far out? You no. Know, uh,
0: yeah, that's good. I mean, it, it, there, there's, as, as you're talking, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know about you, Justin, Brian. I'm just journeying back, um, on my own, you know, coaching career and so many of the things that you've, you've said there, um, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice and, um, you know, what, what, where are your, your yeah. values? Like that, that whole point of even, you know, I gotta be the first Serena and I gotta be the guy that, you know, make sure the door's locked when you leave and, and just so much of your identity gets wrapped up in that. But I've right. also been outside of sport, uh, operating, you know, in a business, I've had the opportunity to be a chaplain for you know some right. successful sports teams, um, and and the same thing applies there, right? Like I I wanted to be like I wanted to be the best chaplain. I wanted to be the best businessman. And so I know that there's going to be some of our listeners out there that they don't coach hockey. Maybe they've never played hockey or sport. Um, their identity is you know um, in their business, and um, I don't I don't think really it 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 changes the stuff that we're talking about right now. Right really is, is applicable to every area of our lives, whether it's being a great yeah. husband or a great business person or, you know, a, a great mother. Um, like there, there's all these elements of that you're wrestling with yourself is really at the end of the day, I think there are our biggest problem, if I could say it just bluntly is we have an identity crisis in, yeah. in the world. Right. Yeah. And, and we just, we continually crash onto the rock of reality and, right. and then we sit there all banged up in life and, and we ruin people around us. And so right. the work you're doing right now, um, Richard, with, with, um, with Men Behind Sport is is very powerful stuff. And and uh, I, I just want to encourage our listeners out there that everything that Richard is talking about isn't just about men in sport, it's yeah. it's people in life. And so if you're listening out there today and you find yourself just you know, drifting and not really sure what your purpose is. Um, you know, I think that there's some great advice and, and maybe even as we work towards the end of our our show here, Richard, maybe we can kind of steer some of our conversation in that is like, how, how do how do I and, and Justin and, and our listeners um, move towards some recovery steps? Like you've given us some really good things here, but if we do now recognize that like we're not aligned, you know, trying to figure out what we want to sacrifice. Um, what are some now next steps to rebuilding that and, and really finding that true purpose?
2: So I think there's a few levels that I see this through, you know, not for one minute. Am I saying we all need to leave our jobs and leave sport and go and live in a beautiful secluded forest somewhere, which would be lovely, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but, um, in the Rockies, but um, <laughs> yeah. I would say, like in an environment, one of the things that stands out so much are assumptions. We're kind of saying, like, the assumption would be: if I say this, it will cause problems. If I stand up for what I want, it'll uh, fear a reprisal. If I say what I if I say what I want to change, it'll look like I'm complaining or I'm not good enough or I can't handle it. Now that's all assumptions. So I would say, like, the first point of call is: or oh, does anyone know how you feel? Now, in a very heavily male-dominated environment, for example, I know, generally speaking, I know that there'll still be probably men with a mindset, an old-fashioned mindset, and all I mean by that is suck it up, mm-hmm. big boys don't cry. Come on, you got, come on, be a man. Got you know, like that's out there still. For that's sure. not pointing. That's not pointing blame. Yep. That's just people at where they are at. But I would say, like, if that's what you're, you know, if you express how you feel and you want, like how could anyone judge you for saying look I I need to be at home more to see my wife I need to be at home with my partner I need to be at home more to, to be my children I need to be at home more for my mental health or not even home like I need to get a bit more of a space here I need to look after myself a little bit here because if you think about it if we're not looking after ourselves and we're 24 we've got this 24/7 mindset you know on one you can look at it from the, men, the the well-being side mental health but on the two on you know the people who pay the bills the return on investment, if someone is fatigued, decision making is lowered. Like the quality of decision making is lowered. Like the, the the dealing with pressure is lowered. Like it's just like athletes suffer that, and so why would coaches not suffer that and practitioners? And so you've got yes, the well-being, but also decision making like it's just it's compromised. And so understanding what you need like really has a deep reflection on what you need is a good place to start. And then approaching people you trust at work to say, look, this is. This is what I this is what I need, and this is I need this because of my family, or I need this for my sanity, or whatever it is. Like just being the first, you know, it takes courage to do that. If you feel you can't be, or for whatever reason, or the environment don't, doesn't support you, that rejects what you're saying, then the next question I would say is, well, what are you pretending not to know? Like the environment is not, you're not aligned to the environment. So what is keeping you there? course the salary you've talked about that okay but can you get another job yeah okay well you can get another job within the sport or within sport or if you're not in sport like you can get another you can get another job and it might not be what your mind wants but what does your heart want and i say that you know i used to think what do you mean about heart what do you mean by what your heart says it's a very visceral feeling and so an experiment to anyone listening think of a situation that you're frustrated with a person, maybe you're having a bit of conflict, maybe it's a job you're going to, maybe it's a situation you go to regularly that that frustrates you. So you've got the, the idea of frustration, but what how does that feel in your body? If you really, if you, you know, invite you close your eyes if you want to like how does that feel? What do you feel? So for me, if I'm going to a situation that's frustrating, there's a there's a closing, there's a con- slight contraction, there's a tenseness within my body. Now change that. Then and think about, well, what environment do you love to go to? What gives you energy? Mm-hmm. And so, how does that, what's going on for your body? There's a, there's a lightness in me, there's an expansion. Like it's subtle, it's subtle, but there, the, that's what I kind of tune into and to help me make a decision. And I think, you know, when we leave with our heart or an authentic decisions, it's often not the easiest decision because our minds want a certain thing, but our hearts maybe want something different. And, and it's courageous to take that step you know and, and if you're pretending not to know the things again if you keep thinking this situation is going to change I just need to do this this much more work or I need to prove myself a little bit more like you're not listening to yourself like the and that's that's the challenge of inner reflection and taking responsibility for your your environment if you're happy to stay the same then you have to accept it if you're not happy to stay the same then it's time to find a different route out and 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 I would say there's so many transferable skills, one from coaches, but two, you know, I think this is where it comes down. It's important to come into purpose. And so much is said about purpose, mm-hmm. but I do think if it comes to that, that reflection of what is it, what is it you want to achieve? And, and I don't see that as outcomes. It's, it's a way of being like, do you want to inspire people? I say most coaches do want to inspire people, want to improve, help people develop. And so if you get clear on your purpose statement, then you can take away sport and then you can apply it anywhere. Like what are the qualities that give you energy? What are the qualities that lift you? Because then you can take it up and put it in any environment you want. Yes, you can stay in sport if you if you if there is an environment. Then I do believe there are some really good environments in sports still. Maybe, you know, even this one, many coaches get stuck in a certain sport rather than looking at different sports. And I would say, you know, that the easily transferable skills there as a SNC coach or even as a technical coach in hockey, you know, you're really good at looking at movement. You're really good at looking at how body moves and how to how to create change in athletes. You know, and so don't undervalue that. Yes, you, we can hone it into, into a very specific sport, but I know coaches who transfer different different sports successfully as well at a top level. And when they would have thought before, like I know a hockey coach who went to rugby. Um, yeah. just to give you a couple of a couple of ideas like i think it is it, but it does start with being completely honest with yourself and and that's you are in control of your experience and that is an intimidating and scary place and it's also very empowering i, I think Yeah. because what last thing i'll say what where there's resistance and this is my experience when i stepped away from sorry, my, my example when i stepped away from sport or thinking about stepping away from sport and to work for myself and my wife when i started to dig down into it deep into it i did see that the athletes i working with was giving me a veneer oh richard he works with these athletes or that athletes like it, it was it was i was hiding behind a, a team and a badge and it, the realization like oh well i'm keeping myself trapped here because i'm staying here because it's kept making me the part of me feel safe and 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 good enough if i go on my own my wife all of a sudden it's richard usaney and it was just that realization alone was like, well, I'm not willing to do that sacrifice my life anymore to stay in a place that keeps me a little bit safer or what my perception is safer. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to live life. And I think that's, that's where the power of grief comes in and, and, and seeing loved ones pass away, you know, as you know, many spiritual traditions will talk about reflection or meditating on, on, on death. And that sound might sound morbid to start with, but in fact, what that's done is, you know, the inevitability of all of us will face it, it. It's allowed me to live my life. Well, how do I want to live then? And have that get in a courage and, and and strength to go. Well, no, this is more important than that. This is, this is. So yeah, just little insights on how I I think yeah. around that. Well,
0: that's good. I appreciate your your transparency with us, and even just you know, sort of the genesis of you know. That that care that you provided for, for your mother and, and how that sparked some you know some transformation in, in your journey. Um, part of our podcast, we like to have an episode uh, in within it, it. It's called Grandpa B Storytime. and um, I I'm, I want to sort of pass on uh, Grandpa B Story Time, and I want to ask uh, my my co-host here. Justin, I know that you've had some of these aha moments in your life and maybe even just recently you've alluded to a couple of years ago and mm. some different things. Like what what are some things where you, Justin, have like um, kind of processed some of the same stuff that Richard's talking about in, in your journey and and even whether it's through Prairie Hockey Academy or just in, in your life, that that aha moment of like, I got to stop living by these assumptions and, and really grab yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks,
1: Barrett. Yeah, Richard, I think we, you know, as we approach you coming on the podcast, I, you know, mentioned to you just, um, a lot of your work just really spoke to me and, uh, and some of my own journey and in some ways. And, and I think, you know, a couple of years ago, I, um, I probably had my first panic attack about four years ago in some of this and just some, just some strong anxiety issues. And, uh, and a couple of years ago, I it kind of resurfaced and got pretty bad where I actually found myself, um, almost unable to even walk into the arena, uh, just so much, um, strain in it right and and it was um you know a lot of this is uh you know built you know as you reflect on it you recognize the story right that as you talked about right the story we're telling ourselves and uh uh the assumptions that we make based on those stories that we tell ourselves we're we're such great storytellers and there's lies they just they scream yeah. at, at you and they're very loud and um and sometimes we we put a lot of pressure of this idea of like first one in, last one out, that that's expected. But but nobody's expecting that actually. Uh, people want you to be healthy and happy, and um, we we put a lot of these ex- expectations and weight on ourselves. And and I found you know in through this process of, of uh, defining what I wanted um, for myself and for my family and and my future, I. Uh, it, it did require you know me to maybe hire a couple more staff members so there were, there was some some financial sacrifice there that was involved uh to be able to to offload some of that work and at the same time um in this letting go process there it, it your ego gets in the way at times because it's all of a yeah. sudden you know it it, it still happens uh, it's a it's a it's a weekly process for me where it's this it's a reflection it's an important reason why i keep a journal and i write because i i get to reflect on why am I feeling this way all of a sudden again, right? What, what's what's pulling at me? Um, I wasn't invited to this team's event. Uh, why wasn't I? You know, I, I am I not needed there? <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. I hear I am feeling left out, but I'm actually at home with my three children and it's six o'clock on a Tuesday evening. Why do I feel left out? Isn't this where I'd rather be, right? So you, I steal, I still, you know, wrestle at times with that, uh, and recognizing that, um, that it's not always easy to let go, right. When you're in this transition period and you're under, you know, you're wondering where's your worth and as you're you're yeah. searching for that. And, and so it's never, you know, it's a, it's a journey for me still. I, I, um, I still use a coach personally and a mentor, uh, because I, I know it's the process that I want for my life and it, and then I'm, I'm what, as part of it too, I'm intentional about meeting with, uh other coaches or our staff or or things and asking these questions of them too, because I want to create an environment for us, just even at Prairie Hockey Academy where our coaches understand um, their identity and what they're investing into it and, and what, you know, their purpose is and and why they're doing it and how is their family doing and how's, you know, their, their spouse and um, making sure that they're staying present in those spots because, uh, because don't, don't do what I did (laughs) right in so many ways. I like to say, but so thanks Barrett. That would be, that's a, you know, a short excerpt of my story and, and why I think today uh, meant a lot. Um, Inside Out Coaching by Joe Ehrman was a really good book, and he talks about, you know, I'd say it's almost a 100-level course when I think about it now because he talks about every coach needs to ask, why do I coach? Why do I coach the way I coach? What does it feel like to be coached by me? How do I define success? And and he'll talk lots about, you know, we all coach just how we were coached, because we don't know how to coach any other way than how we were coached. And and most of us get into coaching um, because we were part of that sport and we, and we get into it with some idea of why we're into it, but we've actually never asked these questions and done any inside reflective work. And I think these were really good questions. And I, and I always say to all our coaching staff that we hire, I ask these questions in an interview process and I want them to reflect and journal it but I think the next 203 or maybe 400 level university grad courses is is kind of what you've, you've really dug into here. And, and just asking a lot deeper, like over and above those things, it's like, why do I think this way? Right. And it's, it's it's a much more internal reflective side and, you know, defining success is important, but even defining the sacrifice, I think was, was really good. And I think you left that with our, with our listeners today. And, um, you know, I, there's so much more, Richard, we could have got into today, and I know we're, we're running out of time, and uh, I know you, you're actually launching your podcast today on January 2nd, the, the Untapped Potential podcast, where you're going to go, you're going to dive a lot deeper with Practitioners and and support staff of high performance teams, and do you want to plug that real quick before um, before we say? Yeah, sit to our thank
2: you so much. Yeah, so the untapped potential uh, podcast um, releases today. So the first one is me just saying my why to men behind sport, and and then the practitioner that, that it kind of really it's it's the stuff that no one talks about, or well, it's these conversations. You know, it's it's more of these conversations from people from coaches, practitioners, S kind of the whole. Bandwidth. It's nothing to do with the technical elements. It's all to do with the person. and really looking at the person behind the role. So, yes, all right, you're a you're a head coach, okay, but who are you? Where do you where are you struggles? You know, where, how have you got through that? What yeah. do you see within sport that needs to change? Because I, you know, the, the untapped potential is called that because what I've heard. There's so many environments are 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 not allowing the, the staff, the support staff, to give their full potential because of all this human stuff that gets in the way and so if we could I believe you know if we start to have more conversations that we don't want to have out and open it's going yeah. to allow people to start to notice you know go back to what I said at the start before 2014 I couldn't see any of this at all I thought I was just leading the way in something in my own story you know but and I think kind of more people who can kind of just and you know the fact that you guys are doing this it's so, it's so exciting to me because these conversations are happening more and more. And I think there is a tide, a shift coming. There is a shift happening now in in what societally, but also, you know, in sport, in a microcosm of sport, things are changing. And I think there is a, there's a different way coming. And you said at the start, you know, that somatic leadership, I think that is, that is what's coming. Like it's not, it's not this hierarchical top-down dictatorship type thing. It's, it's, it's this embodiment. It's this, this, this felt self sense of, belonging, security, connection, you know, trust, like human, the human part is coming back. And, and I'm so excited to hear it. So that's, that's really what the, the untapped potential is, is, is trying to, trying to support. So good, Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you taking time out today. Um, all the best to you in 2024 as you, um, as we've mentioned, you're launching that, that uh, series of podcasts today and, and, and uh, hopefully have a great run with it and, and impact people all over the world. Um, we were thankful that uh, our listeners could just, uh, I almost feel like it. this was like uh, the three of us having coffee <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at a restaurant, just talking about our lives. And so I'm, I'm thankful that our listeners just sort of get to be at the table beside us and and, and listen in because it, it, you know, to our listeners, uh, this is the like really where the rubber hits the road. Like we, we can sit here and talk about, yeah, we've got these podcasts. We've got these influence with our Academy and with Richard, with his work, but Really, at the end of the day, um, this, is, this is real stuff that we're all dealing with. And I and, uh, just really encourage everyone to start to dig into a bit of this on your own. Like, you know, dig into where really what your identity is and, and what your purpose is in life. And, and from there, you can start to build out other stuff. So we're, we're thankful for, uh, for Justin, for all that you've accomplished in, you know, getting the academy to where it's at. Um, you know, there's lots of really cool things just recently, you know, earlier in December, we've talked a lot about how, you know, we've got our license renewed and and just some joy and excitement with that. Now we got this fresh three-year window, um, our teams are successful, but really at the end of the day, um, all the stuff that we've just talked about here for the last hour is, is really where it's at and what we want to be doing with our lives. So um, thank you for helping us unpack that today, Richard, and uh, we're really thankful that we we get to journey along with you.
2: But thank you so much. I I would say on that, you know, last thing I say is, you know, it it requires space to get clear on your purpose. So if you, if you've got no space during the day, you're back to back all day long, you're never going to, you're never going to sense it. It's not an idea. It's a, it's matching the feeling for me anyway. It's matching the feeling with the words, you know, like it's really, it hasn't got to be grandiose. It's just got to be true for you. And I think you need space to be able to reflect.
1: That's right. Same thing in hockey. I'm sure same thing in European football. You, know, you need time and space to be creative. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, no, that's great, Richard. Thank you. I got a big belief that healthy, whole people will change the world. And so, yeah. thanks for investing in that to to create uh, men behind sport that are healthy and whole.
0: And thank you to our listeners. You've been sitting at the coffee table beside us, listening on to the podcast today of the Wind All Day, Every Day podcast. We encourage you to hit the like button. Make sure you share this episode with your family and friends and also dig deeper. And we'll, we'll put the link there for Richard's podcast so that you can also be sharing and listening in on his journey. So thank you for taking time out of your day today to, uh, to give us a listen. And we look forward to having a great 24 with you listening to our podcast and others around the world. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Win All Day, Every Day podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would ask that you leave us a five-star review and consider subscribing to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. If you have any comments or questions that you would like us to answer in future episodes, please leave those below. Thank you for your support and have a great day.